Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Treehouse, episode 12. Went the day well? With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. I don't, I don't want it to sound high hat and patronising, but you're the best at that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you're... Oh, I thought you were going to no. say, oh, I would have done the No, miles. not at all, oh, not at all. That, that delivery of the phrase, went the day well. Went the day well? Went the day well? That, which is, one, you know, a, a tremendous old film, but what a bizarre mangling of the language. Very, uh, speaking of bizarre mangling of the language, welcome to the Treehouse, everyone. A very good morning. Here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. Uh, there's much to discuss. Perhaps, mm. what are some of the subjects before us this morning? We have... Uh, I frighten you with the efficiency sometimes, don't you I? You do, because... <laughs> I'll, I'll explain why I was flicking through You're something. You're entitled to flick through. Uh, number one, quack remedies. Yeah. Number two, your oldest scar. Number three, being told off by a machine. Mm. And number four, being shushed or shushing someone. Now, we haven't had a... Not a very good response. We haven't had a single response to being told off by a machine, and I don't mind putting any hands up here, because if we get one, that justifies it. But be, I, I've got a fridge that tells us off. You leave the door open for, like, 25 seconds, it goes... And sometimes you're sitting upstairs, you know, with a morning head, trying to watch the school's programmes, and you, from down in the kitchen, where you previously got yourself an Actimel, there'll be... And it won't shut up. It tells you off. Come and shut this door. Ours doesn't give us long enough to put the a weekly shop in. <laughs> so if the fridge is open and you're putting everything out the bags, someone will frequently it, hear me go, "Oh, shut up!" It, yours, I say, I, I didn't know I if it was just beep, peculiar beep, to us. Oh, it does beep, all of that. Beep, yeah. beep, beep, Cars beep. can tell you off, and all I'm saying is, there's plenty oh, there if you want to get in touch. Tills. Now we're going to get down to the show because we usually bang, we're straight in there. If you listen mm. to the show before, you know, we're boom, we're right in with the emails. Uh, but I like to do uh, any other business, of course. Before the day is uh, gone through, you know, went the day well. Well, um, uh, we were talking about, um, we weren't talking about anything. I'm fumfering around. Here we go. So, um, Ivan the Terrible was born to Ivan the Terrible, Russian, <laughs> of course, he was Russian, of course, he was Russian, but that's he, that's, he was, that's my knowledge. He was, he was, Ivan you could the tell me 1100 or 1900, Ivan over there, he, uh, oh, something like that. I didn't write down the actual day, I just noticed <laughs> it was his birthday, but he sacked Novgorod, you know. He sacked Novgorod. Uh, I think he went after um, 
Liverpool's manager after that. No, he sacked Novgorod, uh, and he would often, because he wasn't very popular, Ivan the Terrible, pretend to resign from office, but then say, you, you come and run the country, and he would pull his strings from behind, because oh. and, and, and he would do some terribly unpopular things, the puppet he brought in, and then he would sack the puppet and come back saying, I'll repeal all those laws, but didn't. But he didn't want to be seen doing it. Several world <laughs> leaders right now I, are going... Oh, oh, not so bad. So you got your Ivan oh. the Terrible. Uh, Eartha Kitt, um, who I believe is one of the, the greatest entertainer of the 20th century, along with Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, and, and you got that. Uh, and uh, the Sandwich Islands were discovered today, which is Hawaii. This is uh, on the 17th we're doing this. Yeah, the, they were called the Sandwich Islands, you know that? Yeah. When they were discovered by Captain Cook, which is a bit like saying if I go home and I've been burgled and somebody's took all my records, they would have discovered those. <laughs> uh, but Captain Cook, uh, yeah, the um, Sandwich Islands. After the Earl of or because of... Well, funny you say the Earl of Sandwich. Um, I think they were... And uh, uh, the Earl of Sandwich, of course, um, uh, gave the world one of the great burns, one of the great... He didn't do it. Uh, he was burned himself, as they now say. But he was... Abs- you know, the... Um, sir, I've, he, he said to um, uh, to an actor, Samuel Foote... We're going to get down to the rock and rolling bit of the show in, in a moment. Samuel Foote, the actor, and he... And he, he fancied himself as a bit of a wit, did uh, uh, the Earl of Sandwich, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. And uh, who the sandwich was named after. Right. And he said to Samuel Foote, you'll know the quote. He said, sir, I've often pondered how you'll meet your end. I say it'll be through the pox or dangling at the end of a rope. And the actor apparently turned round and said, well, that, sir, entirely depends on whether I embrace your mistress or your principal. Oh, here's a bravo. Come on. That's, 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 you know, if you could do a podcast full of that sort of stuff, then you've got something going on. Anyway, it's the Earl of Sandwich. But the main thing I wanted to say is we've had um, some figures back of who's listening where. Oh, yes. I I deliberately refuse to read the actual email. Well, well, it's only about, because I asked uh, the more obscure places. Okay. You know, Finland, we're all over Finland. Canada can't get enough of us. Uh, uh, Friends all over the world. Not in this country, but all over the world. But here are the places where we've just got one. Oh! This this is our boots on the ground list. Sorry to do this on the air, but these are the locations where we have one listener. Oh, and one. if you're listening, one listener. Oh, if you're listening, I've got... Don't ins- feel lonely. We know you're there. They're not lonely. There are boots on the ground. There are eyes and Spread. ears. Uh, eyes and ears in these places. Uh, and, and, and off you go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the comprehensive list of where the treehouse has one listener. Off you go. Albania, Botswana, Cote d'Ivoire, Fiji, Georgia, Libyan Arab Jamaria, Malawi, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea, Puerto Rico, Sierra Leone, Somalia, Tunisia, Venezuela, Zimbabwe, Andorra, Aruba, Guam, Marshall Islands, Macau, Seychelles, British Virgin Islands. Now, I noticed you waved your arm at one of those. I'm mm. leaving. That was, that's exactly what people are listening for. Long lists of <laughs> uh, small country names. But one of them you threw your arm up at. Do you remember which one it was? Marshall Islands. The Marshall Islands. Hello, Marshall Islands. Now, the Marshall Islands. Because I, I, I don't waste my time between shows flicking playing cards into a top hat. Let me put that another way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Marshall Islands. 
uh, is spread out over there by Papua New Guinea. They're completely oh, okay. autonomous. Oh, they could meet up with our one Papua New Guinea person. No, it's the Marshall Islands we've got to look at, because Ooh. the Marshall Islands, and I, I looked this up, uh, are spread over several atolls, including Bikini Atoll, where they Ooh. dropped the atom bomb. OK. But that's the Marsh. And our dear friend in the Marshall Islands has now got to get out there and recruit, because I, I found the Marshall Islands, where they speak Marshallese, has a radio station, just the one... Now, if we can't get over there, because we know we've got listeners, we, we, you know, we've got an audience. Yeah. We go over there, we take over the Marshall Islands, and we broadcast from the Marshall Islands to the rest of the world. And Done. I've even looked up their alphabet. Their industry over there by is based on copra, which is coconut. Uh, they do actually further out have 97.9 Maduro, as well as 104.1 Baptist Radio. Forget those. They're dead. They're gone. Yeah. One TV station that will do 2FI Friday on again. Oh, nice. They've never seen it over there. Anyway, uh, I looked them up, and uh, there are 44,000 of them over there. 44,000. Plenty. plenty over Very there. Very happy with those figures. And uh, their alphabet is this. A, A with a little line over it, B, D, E, I, J, K, L, something that looks like the number four, two M's, two N's, a Q... An R, a T, two U's, and a W. So already we're speaking. Covers everything. We're, we're fine. Spe- we're speaking the language. But hello to our friend in the Marshall oh. Islands, and we have boots on the ground over there. So uh, this is show is dedicated over there to the the good people in the Marshall Islands, where this show will shortly relocate to. What you got over there, Peps? Well, they, this is why I was flicking through. Have we asked for parrot stories, or has Kevin just taken this off the back of some of our other? We had a yeah, parrot. No, we've done, but we did, oh, we did okay. parrots. We had that parrot who died. Remember, and he said thank you. It never said. Thank you before in his life. And the one loose in the car, and, he, and, and he, the dad opened, had to open the window to the police officer. It's, and it boiling, flew out. it's boiling in here, isn't it? Is it, it is. boiling in it? I put the aircon on. But no, and you're not put the big aircon well, on. Set another layer. Martin, on. You haven't put the big aircon on, huh? Here we go. One second, Peps. Well, then, what's the first one you got over there? Okay. My mother has an African blue parrot. Yeah. <laughs> Remember it from the first show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can do because you know, over in the Marshall Islands, this is all over. They're all over this. Well, this I know, but otherwise, hang on. Nothing. Sorry. Okay. Well, no, it's not working. So, okay. No, no we've got to uh, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, uh, apparently there was a problem with the audio, but continue. Can start it again, Peps, because I was enjoying that. Kevin in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. My mother has an African blue parrot called Bill who mm. loves to sit on her shoulder. Oh, no, it's doing it again. Let me turn it off. Go on. Off you go. African blue parrot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's African, African blue parrot called Bill who loves to sit on her shoulder. Mum also has one leg smaller than the other Ooh. and has to wear a special boot. Uh, so limps a little when she walks with a stick. Oh. She was standing in the front bay window one day with Bill on her shoulder when her mother and her young son <laughs> walked past. The young lad stopped and stared, and the mum could not get him to move on. Eventually, the mum had to walk up to the front door and knock. Mum Julie went to the door with Bill and answered the door. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Could my son say hello, said the woman. He's never met a lady pirate before. Oh, no. A lady pirate, because she had the... She had a limp and a parrot on her shoulder. <laughs> You know, that was worth turning the air conditioning off for. And, and you see, now she, she might seek counselling for that remark, but I bet, you know, she took it in the, charm, I, I, in the charming sense of Kevin's story, I think... It's, it's enough to have the... Uh, it's certainly enough to have the uh, uh, parrot on the shoulder. With the limp as well, what is a kid going to suspect? By the way, uh, last show ended on a, on a very throaty foghorn. 
Um, without any encouragement at all, which is why we're going to dominate the Marshall Islands, without any uh, encouragement at all, Andy from Clapton gets in touch. He's an old Platinum Club member. We've got to start ah. that again soon, as soon as we've done the saps. Uh, he says, uh, I've got another ship's horn for you. Hope you like it. It's from the Bark Europa, a tall ship I've sailed on for six months so far. I've got another four months of her uh, soon across the Pacific to Chile. And oh, he's breaking oh. our heart here. Breaking our heart here. Uh, he's got another six months. countries <laughs> I know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, this recording of a horn can't quite reflect how booming she is. Many, many bigger ships sound wimpy when they reply to our hooted greeting as we pass them at sea. Now, this is an actual field recording. Oh. He's done especially for the show. He's done this especially for the show. So, uh, here we go. It's the first of our Hooter playoffs. Uh, this is our current champion. Maybe this is unfair. I've not heard the, n- the new one yet. This is our current champion. That's going to that's gonna take some beating, just let me tell you. That. <laughs> I've forgotten how throaty that is. That's our current champion. And if you've got a car hooter or anything, you can send it to us because I find the podcast world can't have enough of people <laughs> playing uh, sound effects of hooters. Now, this is Andy's one from Clapton. Here we go, Andy's live. He recorded this. Champion, we have that's the echo at the end, the wind down. What a beaut! Wow, bless you, my friend. That really was terrific. We have a new thank you, Andy. Uh, And if you didn't enjoy that, we're gonna have to get used to it as the year continues on. That is a great one. Thank you, my friend. Sunk over there, Peps. What you got? Uh, This is told off by a machine. Oh, great, from Sean. I've never been told off by a machine, and neither ha- neither has my old man. However, during the days when my parents were young and just getting to know each other, my dad had a go on the prize every time machine in a long-forgotten seaside amusement arcade. In the machine was a robotic fortune teller with a headscarf who would prophesize your future and give you a prize. The prize popped out of the hatch below and you were supposed to walk away satisfied. Oh, not my old man. He'd spotted there was a little bloke inside the machine. No. No, there isn't. There can't be. He banged on the glass and had a go at him. Oi, what's this rubbish? Give us a better prize, you little git. (laughs) Another slightly more pleasing gift came out through the hatch and a muffled voice said, Happy now? (laughs) When my dad turned to my mum, she'd gone. I don't blame her. The little fella sitting inside the machine. I'm not buying it. I don't like to look askance at many of our uh, uh, of our correspondence, but the idea that, that Jack turns up for his first day at work. Hello, I saw the thing in the paper. Oh yeah, can you start? Yeah, see that machine over there? Yeah, get on your hands and knees. There's a <laughs> there's a little door at the back. Yeah, when anyone puts two bob in, throw a present out. That's his gig. <laughs> but when was the, the photo booths? You know, the photo yes. me booths. Uh, my, everyone's mum and dad or older brothers and sisters say to him, there's someone in there. And I used to always believe when I was little, you'd sit in there. I'd say hello when I sat down on that chair. A lot of fun, the old photo me booth. If nothing else, spinning the circular stool round till it's at your height, that's a lot of fun. And deciding whether you wanted the blue curtain or the orange curtain. Yeah, the, little, you know, you could you could go one way or the other. You, could, you? you could, yes, you could. And, you could have a blue curtain or an orange curtain, or the or the, just the plain white background. Oh, many a d- dilemma over that one. I don't like to um, uh, send the audience into a frenzy, but I'm I'm, I'm going to say that's the second best curtain in commercial use. <laughs> uh, never mind the West End theatres here in London. The, the first best curtain 
It's, if you, this is the first time listening to the show, you might want to go back a few. They're probably more vital than this. Uh, the best curtain in commercial use is on the old London Routemaster buses, and I suspect uh, around the country, different ones. Between the driver and the seat at the front downstairs, there used to be a leather curtain, a leather concertina curtain that... F- at night, when the lights were on on the lower deck and he didn't want them reflected in his window, mm. he would let down. I used to love it. And it, down it would come, and it would be no further passengers. This is my base up here. <laughs> but it was a leather concertina curtain uh, at the front of the bus. Now, that and the one you've mentioned there ends the debate. Nobody can say, either in show business or in theatre or wherever you like, there's a better curtain on public display. So we will round those up over the next two or three years. Listen to this. This is... um, uh, See, I wish I hadn't done this. One. This is my oldest scar. Okay, that's not the caller, is it? Double check. Well, I've got a couple of three of them. It says our caller. It's, it's, it's got caller written on the top of it. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm a bit worried about. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't like to produce person. the show while I'm. Uh, let me take another one. Let's see. We've got so many here, and I do apologise. This is uh, this is from our correspondent Helen. Uh, notable people you were too young to remember meeting. Just pause there while Helen, wherever she's listening to this, goes, Oh, because she sent this in a couple of weeks ago. Oh! They're reading my one out. Forgive me if your name's not Ron, but that's the uh, relationship I've given you. <laughs> she says, apparently, when I was very small, I met Princess Diana at the Fire Brigade Carol concert at St Paul's Cathedral. I was probably only three or four at the time, and I was there with my parents and godparents. Both my father and godfather were firefighters. My godparents' son and I were both angelic-looking blonde children. That's very good of you to say. There weren't many children there, and so at the end, as everyone lined up as the royal party left, we were shoved to the front of the rope barrier. Princess Diana, spotting two tiny blonde children, made a beeline for us and apparently shook our hands, asked us if we were tired, and then said, what was Father Christmas bringing us? I've no memory of this. I remember lots of legs and lots of gold decoration, but I don't have a single memory of the princess talking to us. All of the above has been passed down through family stories. Oh, oh that's you know, that's uh, uh, the people we had people who met Churchill. We've had people who met um, uh, well, various people. Uh, Emperor, Sammy, Hirohito. Sammy, Emperor Hirohito. Emperor Hirohito, indeed. But uh, that's that's the, uh, uh, the kind of thing we want. Apparently, you met. I met Charlie Caroli, the famous clown. Don't remember it. Don't remember it. Charlie. <laughs> it's a bit. Of a drop off, I know, from Princess <laughs> Diana to uh, uh, and even Winston Churchill. By the way, uh, <clears throat> standing in the dock at Southampton, trying to get to Holland or France, the man in the back said, "You've got to go back." You know. They didn't even give us a chance. How about that? That's Winston Churchill as John Lennon. By the end of the show, if you're lucky, of course, Max will be with us. What you got there, Peps? This is from Mark, my oldest scar. Mm-hmm. This goes back to when I was three and in hospital waiting to have my tonsils out. There was a ward around... Have you still got your tonsils? Yes. I do have a scar... You can't quite see it anymore. It was at the top of my throat where I um, tripped on a screwdriver, but uh, my mum said it was worst day of her life. tripped on a screwdriver? Mm. How can we be sitting on a subject your oldest scar and you don't tell us about it? So you tripped on a screwdriver. Two and a half, because my mum will now be going, no, 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 it's the worst day of my life. It was, it was I was playing, uh, my grand, I was helping no. my granddad down in the garage and I tripped, went up oh, through the back my. of my throat and just missed. Oh, the, my, 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 my mum... With with a, with a moment of foresight, whipped it out and stuck an ice lolly there. To... 
Oh, I'm so sorry, listenership. Even I have gone at that. Even I. No, but my mate Stephen Mickleff at school. We've got a few of these, by the way. Why I did your oldest scarf? Because it inevitably involves children. I didn't even think of that. And I've got to be careful here that I don't like that fellow who was demonstrating to a court. Harry couldn't possibly have shot himself, shot himself, or whatever it was. Uh, He was uh, leaning. He had his pencil on his front teeth, and he's leaning on it, thinking, and it slipped, and that was hanging down like like a walrus's tooth. Uh, war is it? And we had to... And then the deluge. Uh, well, so, so con- I'll finish Mark. Yeah, continue with that. <clears throat> there was a ward of around six of us awaiting our fate, and being there all day, we got very restless and bored. This was 1985. So one of the hospital porters came in to give the mums a rest and look after us. Mm-hmm. Of course, once the mums left, we all went mad, jumping from bed to bed and playing the poor porter up. It was then I fell off one of the beds and cracked my head open just oh, above so the sorry, eye. I introduced the subject. A lovely one-inch gash pumping blood all over my Super Ted pyjamas. <laughs> Imagine the look on my mum's face when she walked back in. Good news is it put me front of the queue to go down to theatre and while while they removed my tonsils, they stitched my eye up at the oh, same time. Oh, because I saw the headline a few years back and it freaked everybody out. It was one of those uh, news holdings in Shaftesbury Avenue, London here, and it said, you do need your tonsils after all. And a lot of people felt freaked out by oh. that. Yeah, no, they didn't do it. Yeah, so they don't do it so much now, do they? No, they don't. No. Everyone I knew had their tonsils mm. out because you had ice cream and crisps yeah. in hospital. They'd have chain mail nets outside of hospitals dragging kids in. Have your tonsils out because they had nothing to do. That's how good the NHS was once. <laughs> Go and bring some kids in. Got nothing on this we'll afternoon. appendix while we're there. Yeah. <laughs> the appendix too. This is from Simon. And while we're dealing with ailments, mm. this is the aches and pains section of the show. Uh, Simon says, I can tell you, remember the other week we were saying we're going to raise awareness of chill blains? Oh, we just still don't know what they are. Well, you used to, coming from the cold, and if you went near a fire, my mum mm. say, don't put your feet, cold feet near a hot fire, you'll get chill blains. But that used to be very, very popular back in the 60s. Uh, so he says, I can tell you from experience, from bitter experience, that we should all listen to our grandmothers and avoid chill blains as it is a horrible thing. As a student geologist in the 90s, I spent far too much time on the mountainsides of South Wales. After a couple of particularly wet days in the field, which required a few visits to warm pubs, I got chillblains on my ears. What? On my ears, sir. Apparently it's the cold, hot, cold, hot combo that does it. This meant a miserable week of a maddening itchiness on the outside of my ears. The GP gave me a cream, which was useless. And then peeling skin after sunburn a hundred times worse. Oh, yeah. Eventually, lots of dry blisters, which gave relief from the itching, but I've always worn a woolly hat since and would encourage all listeners to do the same. What a scaremonger. Simon, what a scaremonger. But there's your chillblains. Next week, we'll raise awareness of... Chillblain your ears. Of cramp. Oh, you can chillblain your ears. Absolutely. That's why these naturists get my sympathy all the time. Uh, What's that, Peps? We're at Medical Corner. We've got Kevin on the line. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, Danny. Thank Anybody? you very much. I, I like that moment of tension, whether we know you're going to be there or not, and that's that's something I, I like to play with. It's the nearest we come to a, a Hitchcock film. Uh, well, Kevin, while you're tugging our coat, what you got for us? Uh, well, it's uh, my oldest, my oldest scar. Oh story. man! Okay, okay. Uh, I suspect we may uh, be shedding listeners who have got their <laughs> fingers in their ears. Saying, uh, first off, uh, first off, where is it? Where where is it, my friend? It's on my uh, lower lip. Lower lip, a lower lip scar. How, right, how, right, did, you, how right, did you pick right, it up? Right in the middle. Go on, then. How did you pick it up? Uh, well, the detail of this story is going to be a bit thin on the ground because I was 
a toddler, like just about learning to walk. Kevin, you're, 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 and... you're amongst friends here. We, we were all toddlers, Kevin, at one time. Don't be, <laughs> well, don't yeah, be ashamed yeah, about yeah, that. We and, we're, and, and, and we were toddlers about the same time, Danny, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the late 50s. Uh-huh. Um, I had a sort of like playpen thing, apparently, so I'm told. Mm-hmm. Um, and health and safety being not quite the thing then that it is now, mm-hmm. apparently this playpen thing, it had bars and it had wheels, but it had no floor. What do you mean, no floor? It was... It, the wheels went straight onto the carpet or the floor of the room. Oh, it's so one of those sort no of gate space. ones. Yeah, so, but even so, like a, a, but even so a, an inquisitive toddler could pick it up and walk it around was, with it, yes? <laughs> it, was, it, it was like a cage on wheels. A cage, that's the word. The, the, <laughs> that's what it was. That, 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 yeah. I, that, that I could chunt around our flat in. OK. Um, and one day, apparently, when my mother was perhaps not being as uh, observant as she may have been, yeah. I managed, whilst chewing a battery, yeah. which is another story entirely, mm-hmm. uh, to navigate this thing down the stairs. <gasps> OK, so here you are. Thinking, see, um, I'm, I, today, this is a class-action lawsuit waiting to happen. What on earth are you thinking about giving toddlers no floor to walk on? They could And a battery to chew. The battery to chew I'm getting. Cause that, there's, a, there's a certain taste and you get a bit of a buzz off that. It's very much what vapes do these days. Uh, so it, down the stairs you went and... Uh, well, down the stairs I went, falling sort of like flat on my face, I'm assuming at some stage, or at least flat on the battery, mm-hmm. which oh. sort of like pierced my pierced my bottom lip. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm, I still have the scar now, although it's only visible if I sort of push my bottom lip out with my tongue a la stepto. Now, was there a stitch involved? Did the referee come in and stop the fight? What happened? Uh, apparent, uh, apparently there wasn't. I don't know. I mean, I... <laughs> My mum, my mum, God bless her, is so old now. I couldn't get any more detail out of it. Oh, um, how, how old would you? But, how old were you approximately? Uh, I would have been about, oh, I don't know, eighteen months ish. Oh, that's uh, that's well, no, that's that's good and bad. I mean, it doesn't. You don't know what's happening to you. You have no memory. I don't. Of it. I don't remember it at all. No, I, I only know what I've been told by my mother, that's it, one, who obviously wasn't wasn't weary of a lawsuit. One, one, one of these times when I get my regressing act together, we nearly did it the other week, but we got sidelined. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll regress you, and it will free you from it. Because I, what do you, <laughs> what, 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 what was your career spent in, or, or what do you do for a living there? Uh, I work in law. Oh, you, oh, oh, oh. physician heal his own physician mother. heal thyself exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't do personal injury claims. You, but, you, but if you found out, if you read an article next week that Steve Jobs and all that mob or whatever it is who started Apple, he said, "Oh, well, our first invention was actually a flawless uh, uh, kind of cage for children. We didn't sell men." <laughs> then you think, "Hello, hello, here we are, <laughs> yeah, Kurt well. and indeed Ching." Thank you very much indeed, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, Kev, can you feel it now? with your tongue if, if you try it. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Do it for us. Just about, well, I can't feed it with my tongue, but if I press my tongue against my lower lip, the inside of my lower lip, I can feel the skull with my finger on the outside, and obviously I can see it. Well, well, here's here's something, because we're, you know, we try to keep this as fresh as possible, do it for us now, Kev, do it for us live. We don't need to hear any commentary, but as long as we know you're doing it, so do it now. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> ah, look at that. We're bringing, it's still there, the mm. oldest scar he has. If anyone else wants to get in yeah. touch, uh, Phil, who runs the show, will ring you back and you can feel your scars <laughs> live on the air. I think there's some radio there. He just felt his oldest scar. <laughs> what you got there, Pep? This is um, going through the wrong door and accidental trespass. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm PC Andrew. Mm-hmm. You may know me, Danny, from your other podcast. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, there is the one who some hates crossover. football, I think. There is some is. crossover uh, between the two. Yes, there is. Um, I was on duty at Leicester Square film premiere for the Star Trek movie Generations. The square was packed with fans waiting to see the stars arriving, and I was right opposite the front door. Being a bit of a Trekkie, I was enjoying it, unlike being at a football match. <laughs> After the stars had gone in and the doors were closed, I needed a trip to the loo. I asked permission from my sergeant. He said, make it quick. There weren't many places to go. I thought, I'll try my luck in the actual cinema. Sure enough, they let me in. Top of the stairs, officer. So up I go. As I get to the top of the stairs, a door swings open and I catch a glimpse of Captain Kirk and Captain Picard stood in a busy room. Hmm, I thought, shall I? Hmm. Of course I did. Wearing my bright green high-vis jacket, I walked into the room. Not only were Kirk and Picard in there, the whole cast of the film. Well done. I'd picked up a flyer advertising the movie on the way in and now got each cast member to sign it. Captain Kirk, or Bill as I now called him, laughed and happily said this should get him off a few speeding tickets. Then the call telling them to make their way back into the auditorium for the movie to start, and I duly followed and stood at the back watching the opening scenes of the film. Suddenly realising I was actually at work, I reluctantly made my way outside. Blimey, said my sergeant, where have you been? Bad curry last night. I just nodded and took up my post again. Well, see, I'm surprised he would even been trepidatious about knocking, saying, "Can I use the toilet?" Please, who knocks on the door? Yeah. You come in, officer. Every, of course, you ask them around. But the fact that the Bill and Picard both just along with him—that's a tremendous story. Thank you, uh, and I believe it. Unlike uh, <laughs> <laughs> this. But perhaps people up in this part of the world uh, in Tynemouth will tell me the story behind this because I haven't heard of this before and Kevin's got in touch and he has some photo proof. Uh, this is apropos nothing, which is how I like this show. Hey, Danny and Lou. Living in London, you get used to seeing any number of blue plaques commemorating famous people and where they live for a few years. Uh, by the way, you, it seems any old hobbledyhoy can get one. It's a bit, isn't it? How many times do you stop and, you know, and it'll just say, Encrustia Lewis, the, the developer of certain types of wallpaper paste, lived here, do you think? But only lived there for six months or something yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, it's not like six months. born here. No, exactly. And... <laughs> Crustier Lewis or whatever I just said. <laughs> anyway, whilst up north last year, we visited Tynemouth, a pleasant town on the northwest coast a few miles from Newcastle. We know that. And I saw a rather bizarre plaque. It was for Jimi Hendrix, and I've attached the image. Now, it's a real blue plaque, and it says here, a uh, uh, historic blue plaque. And here it says, Jimi Hendrix, legendary rock guitarist, ate fish and chips from this shop on a bench overlooking the sea after playing the Club Agogo, Percy Street, Newcastle, Friday, 10th of March, no. 1967. <laughs> yes, it does, look. Someone's knocking off blue plaques. Look at that. Surely. Jimi Hendrix ate his fish and... Not even at that spot, from a bench some 40 yards away. Uh, there, uh, Jimi Hendrix ate his fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> and But the other thing... According to random person who says they saw him. No, uh, I did. It was Jimi Hendrix. No, and not that, but they, no, Noel, Noel Redding and, and, and Mitch Mitchell, but the pair of them, they don't get a look in there. And I bet <laughs> I bet they had fish and chips, like as not a gherkin too, but they do not make that particular shortlist. Uh, anywhere did you feel that the, the treehouse could put up a plaque for something equally as thin? We, we will get those pressed up when we, you know, 
we start our march to glory. We will put up our own plaques that it's got to match the idea that Jimi Hendrix and his experience, I'll wager, <laughs> ate their fish and chips on a bench there in Timeth. What you got there, Peps? We are uh, oldest oh, oh, scar, Rich. Oh scene. man, I know, but go on then. From Tom. When I was about three, I asked my girlfriend to marry me and offered her the plastic ring from my lucky bag. We were playing in the sandpit at the time. She smacked me in the face with a metal bucket. I think she might have been offended at the cheapness of the offering, but it was from my lucky bag, so technically I'd paid for it. I still have the scar on my forehead, no. and I am 64. I have no idea where Leslie Kettle is now. Leslie Kettle. I believe the family moved to Edinburgh, but I want her to know that I bear her no ill will, and the statute of limitations on her GBH offence from the 1950s has passed. Leslie Kettle, that means her parents were Mar and Pa Kettle. There really is one for the teenagers. You ever heard of Mar and Pa Kettle? Only from you. Mar and Pa, <laughs> Mar and pa Kettle were very much the Tom Cruise and um, uh, 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 Penelope Keith of their day. Uh, they were just the absolute apogee of fame, Mar and Pa Kettle. Okay. Mar and Pa Kettle. Somebody send us a photo of Mar and Pa Kettle, would you? Uh, but the, the idea that he, split his, uh, he had his head split on with a brick is uh, uh, what happened in The Likely Lads. In The Likely Lads, um, when they first met, Terry split Bod's, Bod's oh, head, head, yes. up, head, head up with a brick. Uh, uh, notable people, you are too young to remember meeting. This is a step down, by the way, from Princess Diana. This is from Diane. In the late summer of the 1970s, at a charity cricket match being played on Imbercourt, I don't know Imbercourt, uh, uh, police social club, anyways, not far from where we lived, we went along to watch, and I immediately fell in love with two gorgeous, long-haired German shepherd dogs. Oh. I sat on the floor <laughs> playing with them while my dad chatted with their owner. We were there quite a while, and I didn't want to leave the dogs. It's only now I wish I'd paid their owner more attention. It was James Hunt, oh. world motor racing champion James Hunt. I don't remember him at all, but I do remember the gorgeous dog. Well, he had, of course... Oh, he had a silken hair he, himself. Yeah, he, he had flowing, long, blonde hair. Uh, the previous one you read out, mm. um, uh, was it the first day at nursery, she said? When was it? Well, no, he said he proposed uh, from the, in, in a, a sand pit. So Tom and Leslie Kettle. But you... Uh, and I said at the top of the show your pronunciation was perfect. Just read the beginning of it again. I'm not putting you on the spot. I'll put it another way. I'm putting you on the spot. Read the beginning of it again. Of this email? Or... Yeah, of that email. When I was about three, I asked my girlfriend to marry me and offered her a plastic ring from a lucky bag. That's the wrong pronunciation. Do you know what he's talking about there? No. A lucky bag. It's not a lucky bag. Our audience will be on top of that. No, it's a lucky bag. You used to buy them in, in uh, sweet shops. Oh, perhaps I sometimes forget exactly how young you are. A lucky bag. Yeah. Is putting a cold hand around my heart here. Because I don't look through the glass because everyone's about 15 through there. Honestly, they really are like that. Well, you come on with Fusilla. <laughs> but, but a lucky bag was the number one thing you bought if you went to a sweet shop. Uh, if you had enough... If you had... I'm going to say sixpence, aren't I? Oh, if you had sixpence okay. for, for a lucky bag, then a lucky bag was... A, a bag, right? A highly coloured uh, paper bag. Oh, I, yes, I do know what you mean. Okay. And you didn't know what you were going to get in it. But, like... Not you didn't know. You knew certainly you were going to get some dolly mixtures. Okay. You knew there'd be a flying saucer in there, a little paper flying saucer. You know those, don't you? Mm. And a plate with sherbet in them. Uh, you knew there may be some kind of licorice, but the toy you got within them 
uh, like a ring that he gave and mm. proposed and was turned down uh, flat like a bedspread. That's it. And the first time I thought about lucky bags is in your mispronunciation <laughs> of it. Uh, again, send us a photo of a lucky bag and I can show Peps that I don't just pull this stuff out of the air. What you got there, Peps? We've got Kevin on the line. Hey, oh, Kev- no, we haven't got Kevin. James, sorry. We did Kevin. OK. James. Hey, hey James. Hello, Danny. Uh, the people next door are complaining about the noise, James. Uh, oh. I, I, I don't often do this, but I'm just going to... Well, I won't lie to you. I'm going to just go and give him the finger. Uh, one second. Oh, yeah, I'm going to walk. It's the um, Fred and Rose West tapes they're recording next door again, but they're always banging on the wall. Apologies if you heard it. Let me just go over it. One minute. There you go. Sorry about that. Just, just, just because, you know, they're next door, and there's, there's the Putin one the other side. <sighs> We have to do double shifts here to keep the energies up. Uh, so what have you got for us, my friend? What have, thank you for calling us. No problem at all. Um, it's slightly off topic that you <laughs> won't mind, but it's uh, don't talk to me about cramp. Oh, uh, I mentioned a moment when ago. you were talking about chillblain. Uh, well, uh, you, you yeah. won't know this, but you'll hear it when you hear this back. A moment ago yeah. I said we've got to start raising awareness of the other great uh, taboo, the last taboo we want to smash, cramp. What can uh, you tell us? What can in, you tell us in about? your terms, you're leaning against an open door here. Good man, honestly. Go on, I've been plagued one mm. way and another. Mm. Um, several years ago, I was playing a lot of squash and um, got involved in a 12-hour marathon for charity, 12 wow. hours of squash playing. Uh-huh. And now, this involved us about 10 of us, and you'd play for 30 minutes and then sit off for 20 minutes, and you kept rotating round, and we had four courts, and finally you got all through all the way through these 12 hours. 12 hours. And you were somewhat worn out, but quite satisfied that you you was making a bit of money and very happy that you'd completed the 12 hours of Mm -hmm. it. Now, about an hour and a half into my really well-deserved sleep that night, my partner Karen Mm -hmm. suddenly squeals out, I've got cramp, she goes. She's got cramp. Oh, you're She's got cramp and she had been a spectator. (laughs) So she she sits up, swings her legs out of bed, Mm -hmm. stood up, Mm because I believe that's the thing you're supposed to do, get your legs straight. Yeah and got her little toe, which was now at about 45-degree angle away from the rest of the foot. She got oh. her little toe stuck in the thick pile of the carpet, uh-huh. fainted, fell backwards back onto the bed, and about five or six seconds later came round again, squealing in agony yet again, now with a fractured toe, what we oh. thought. You're the one who's played for 12 hours, right? Without gendering yeah. this, she's been sitting up in the stands filing her nails and... And reading Ravelli, <laughs> and, and, and she's the one who's and got the, she's yeah. the one who gets the crown. All right, so yeah. she, she comes. So we, um, yeah. we we struggled off to A and E in Kings Lynn, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, you're really into the debris of the Saturday night Sunday morning crowd now <laughs> in uh, in the waiting room. But we took our seats, and you know you've got to be patient at times like that. Mm-hmm. Hours went by. Mm-hmm. She was eventually triaged and then reappeared. Mm-hmm. I was still sitting there in the waiting room. She then um, disappeared through the swing doors yet again and then reappeared, just hobbling along. I was still sitting there. Finally, she disappears the last time and then reappears with uh, the friendly, hard-pressed nurse pushing her in a wheelchair. Oh! (laughs) Says to me, you can take it from here, can't you? And just leave the wheels back in reception. 
Well, it must have been about six hours now since I've had to do anything other than sit there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everything on me had seized up. My legs had gone, <laughs> the arms had gone, my shoulders, my neck. <laughs> it, it was as if, as I struggled using the back of the chair in front of me to try and stand up straight, it, it was like, you know, these awful videos when um, people put uh, toilet roll inners on cat's legs. Yeah. <laughs> it was as if I'd got one on every single leg and I just thought something was going to snap here. <laughs> so so the, this nurse says, well, there's no way we can allow you to <laughs> be in charge of a wheelchair. So she called for a second wheelchair and more assistance and something about not allowing accidents to happen on hospital premises. Her and her buddy had to wheel us both out through the waiting room. Now, I've, I've, uh, in circumstances very different to yours, I've tried the double wheelchair push. It's almost impossible. (laughs) No, I think that's why she called for a second one for me and a second person to push it. So, whereas two of us stumbled into the waiting room several hours previous, we were now both being wheeled out with uh, with the um, the nursing staff pushing. And I think they just wanted to get us to the car park, in the car, and then we could drive home however we managed that. I really can't remember <laughs> now. I, I, and, um, I, I, know the worst, the I, I know the worst part of that entire perambulation. Uh, when you, especially if you're pushing somebody along in a chair, let's say they've got a old-fashioned broken leg like in a, a, a silent film sticking out in front of them. It's when you go through the doors of the hospital and there's them there's them dozen people having a cigarette right there and you try and look at them as you say, how can you hang around the doors of a hospital? Having, they've all got their pyjamas on yeah. and you have to go and through the drip. that. You, the drip. And the drip. And you go through yeah. that fug. Uh, and I, I, I'm, you know, I think I'm a pretty social fella, but the few times I wanted to say, don't have a fag, don't, because we walk through that big old cloud. How did it resolve itself when you got back indoors? You, did you aid well, each other up the stairs? Uh, I, I think it was a battle for whoever could get to the settee first, and that was it for the rest of the day. Uh, just did nothing. I mean, obviously, I recovered far quicker about three or four days later. I was um, running about again, but the poor old girl, um, she, she was off work for, for two or three weeks and then couldn't drive, so well, I had to take her to her work. So, um, absolute, absolutely so super. Superbly told, my friend. That was, uh, uh, and that is exactly what we mean. Yes, you can have all the telethons you want, but rarely do they turn around and say, "Don't talk to me about cramp." Uh, and th- th- what an example of it! And th- did you suffer, Peps? When you used to for a bit, uh, she used to get that, and that thing in the middle of the night where they just go cramp. <laughs> no, so I'm, I have it, but um, but my husband does when he when he's played football and hasn't warmed warmed down or whatever properly oh, right. he, in the middle of the night. And and do, it's always around the toes. And you do that thing where you get the the, the heel and the toes yeah, and, and rotate and do a little that. bit, I'm, which I makes him laugh. Towards the knee. How my husband deals with extreme pain is to, he gets hysterical laughter. So then it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm rotating his foot, and he is helpless with laughter. You know what they used to call cramp um, again back in the era when uh, you had lucky bags. Well, actually, they were called jamboree bags. For anyone that's oh. in touch, they were called jamboree bags. Uh, they became lucky bags. Uh, uh, the the uh, cramp was called a horse bite. Oh. A friend of mine used to get in the back of there and they say, Oh, I've got a horse bite, which you think ain't a bad name, but it oh. does we... indeed feel like a horse bite. Uh, and if anyone out there has ever been bitten by a horse, <laughs> you know what to do. Uh, what do you got there, Peps? Getting told off by a machine. This is from JoJo. <laughs> 
Yeah. Around 15 years ago, I was working in Greater London House, which was the former home of the Greater London Council in Camden. And there were no stairs, only as a fire escape. You had to go up and down in the lift as some sort of security measure. As is usual with lifts, we all squeeze in in order to get to the destination a bit faster. We shared the second floor with a very well-known fashion house and there were often a number of fashion models of the very, very skinny kind. Mm -hmm. On a particular day, my friend Sherry and myself... Or Sheree. I'm going with Sheree. Sheree and myself had been out for lunch and as we reached the busy foyer, we queued to get into a lift with maybe a dozen of very skinny, size zero to four girls in front of us. As the last two to get in, we squeezed in, the doors closed and a voice said, overloaded, reduce load and the doors reopened. Beetroot red, we <laughs> slunk out while each of these skinny girls gave us the skunk eye. It, 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 I've, I've had that. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm no Fred Emney, but uh, uh, I've been last into a lift where it says overload and you just have to say, oh, it only takes eight people. Like, like <laughs> that's it. Like, it counts as you go in one, takes two, three, four. It takes 12 skinny models, but Woody, no. Woody Allen used to do a bit, but uh, now I hear that, about being told off by a machine or, not, or actually beaten up by a machine. He said uh, he had this toast that would never work. And uh, one morning he had enough of it, and rather like, you know, Basil Fawlty with the car. He just he just threw it to the floor and jumped up and down on it. And he said later that day, he was in a, they had to go to a, a meeting in a high-rise building. And he got into the left lift, and he pressed the floor, and he just said, ground floor. And he pressed the thing, 22nd. And as it was going up, the lift came to a stop, and the lift said, you're the guy with the toaster, right? <laughs> And he says, um, hello, you did the toaster this morning, didn't you? He said, and the lift then took him fast up and down between floors, <laughs> shook him around and threw him out in the basement. <laughs> but uh, any, mm-hmm. any instances you have of that, of course, would love to hear from you. Uh, I think we're nearly done. Mm. Now, uh, were we on the... Uh, people want... Uh, believe it or not, quite curious about where this comes from. It comes from the shabbiest part of London, mm. which is uh, up by a roundabout in Old Street. But I hope <laughs> the quality that we put into this uh, programme... Uh, is it in stereo? Are we in stereo? Do we go out in stereo? Everyone's nodding as if to say, uh, yeah, stereo is not a term I don't. <laughs> is it in hi fi? Is it a good. Well, it, well let's, don't look at me like that. It, sometimes it could go out in mono. We could be a show that, you know, says hats off to Phil Spector. I don't know. Uh, let's test it. Let's just test it. This will test it, everyone. Uh, if you, hopefully you've got headphones on. This will test it if you're in stereo, looking at me like that. Anything? How do you hear it, Peps? Right in the middle of my head. Yeah, me and all. So this should be like Dark Side of the yeah, Moon. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, should yeah. be like Dark Side of the Moon playing to people this. Oh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. It's the Danny Baker Show. Radiating out across the airwaves. Come the sunshine or the rain. Come aboard the Danny train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw our cares away. What better thing to do than have a jolly jape or two? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session. We've talked out to the recession on the Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. Always do, Wisby. Something quick before we finish there, Peps. What do you think? <laughs> 
It's Christmas. Hi. Uh, this is from David. Huh? Odd souvenirs. Not me, but a customer's dad brought home from World War II a set of Hermann Goering's wine glasses. No. There they were in the front room. That's got bad vibes, in it? I've told you before, haven't I, when we went to Ooh. Nuremberg, me and Danny Kelly picked up a bit of rubble. Bad vibes, Ooh. bad vibes. Just when you do what you should do, you throw them over a neighbour's garden like I did. Let them have that. So I think we're virtually done. Thank you very much indeed, of course, everybody listening. Climb up, go in, let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the tree, the fire's on, it's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away. In the tree, take it away, Danny! Thank you very much indeed, uh, Wisby, uh, and of course, Louise Pepper co-hosting on the other side there. There's uh, Josh and Phil wilding through the glass, and everybody here at Something Else. You're getting the idea now. It doesn't, don't wait for me to put the subjects out, although that's nice of you. You can uh, spin off in any direction you want, uh, and some of the best stuff we get is when they say, this is off-topic, but... So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> Next time on The Treehouse, getting someone's name wrong or they yours, climbing over walls and fences, statements you've made and never allowed to forget, dropping things from a great height. Email us, thetreehouse at somethingelse.com and leave a phone number. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 